from KCRW. This is Nocturne. Adam Katzif is a fine arts photographer based in Boston. His work has been shown in museums and galleries and has also been featured in numerous publications, including The New Yorker and Wired magazine. Much of his work focuses on the natural world, which is where he first discovered his interest in photography. So I, I started in photography late in high school, and I remember going to Walden Pond growing up in Massachusetts. That was always a class field trip. And I remember being with a friend who was a pretty avid photographer, and I had never picked up a camera at that point. And I just can, I can remember walking around with him saying, hey, take a picture of that, take a picture of that. Hey, hey, come back over here. I want you to take a picture of this and that and this. And finally he said, my God, you are going to take this camera yourself and make your own pictures because I'm tired of this. And so for me, the magic happened actually with a mistake in that he, so he gave me the camera. This was film 35 millimeter and there was this mystery box. And he mentioned that sometimes this camera got a little bit jammed and didn't rewind right. And that if that happened to bring it back to the dark room and we would, we would take care of that together. And so sure enough, this was a, a Pentax K1000. And I remember being out shooting and just the experience of it. It was like it gave me this excuse to wander and to look and to observe. And I probably made a lot of lousy pictures, but it almost justified the, the exploration of everyday things, which f- for me was, was one of the most liberating moments of my life, I think. But the camera itself got jammed, and I was—I said, you know, I'm pretty handy. I, I don't think I'm gonna—I want to keep shooting. I don't want to stop now. So I and I have another roll of film. So I opened up the back of the camera, and I watched the film. You know, I sort of—I said, ah, oh, yeah, that's there's where it got jammed, and I started pushing the film back into the film canister. And, you know, I pushed it all in, pretty proud of myself, and put it in my pocket, load another film, did the same. Got back to the dark room, and I showed my friend what happened. And he said, wait a minute, so you're saying you saw the film? And I said, oh yeah, I saw it. And he says, about how much of it? And I said, oh, good couple of feet of it. I'd say probably the whole thing. You know, I was pretty chipper about this, thinking like I'd really been handy. And... He goes, give me the roll. And I handed it to him and he just tossed it in the garbage. And I said, whoa, what the heck was that? Why, why? (laughs) I I was sort of jaw dropped. And he said, do you really not realize that it's light sensitive? And I said, oh, man, Uh aha. You know, looking back, I mean, I should have known that. I mean, I knew what a dark room was. It's like I had the individual puzzle pieces of understanding a camera, I suppose, but I didn't like link them together. All of a sudden, all the puzzle pieces came together. And so I I never did that again. And like that for me, that was hook, line and sinker. You know, it was that there was this magic that happened inside the box. That was the beginning, I suppose. More from Nocturne in a moment. Thank you for listening to this KCRW podcast. In case you don't know us, KCRW is public radio in Los Angeles, bringing the best of NPR to Southern California. We're also known for our own brand of bold and innovative programming, evocative storytelling, taste-making music, and audio documentaries that are little movies for your ears. 
You can join our community to support this show and others, or make a one-time donation just to say thank you. Find out more at kcrw.com slash join. Hi, it's Vanessa. For this episode, and for this particular time, I want to make a suggestion about how you might listen. The episode focuses on Adam Katzif's photographs of night landscapes, and I think it could be fun and relaxing to see the photographs while you're listening to the episode. It's not necessary, but it's another way to immerse yourself in what you're hearing and to go more deeply into a facet of the night and darkness that you may not have thought about. You can find a slideshow of the photographs at nocturnpodcast.org landscapes, or just go to nocturnpodcast.org and click on the page for this episode called Filling in the Blanks. The images in the slideshow advance every 45 seconds. So if you'd like, you could just pause now, go to the slideshow at nocturnpodcast.org slash landscapes, and then come back and keep listening. listening to Nocturne. I'm Vanessa Lowe. Adam Katzev had long taken photographs of daytime landscapes, using an 8x10 view camera that beautifully and clearly recorded every detail of the scenes he captured. Every leaf, every rock, every nuance in the sky. But he found himself becoming increasingly frustrated with these daytime images, feeling that they had very little to do with the experience of actually being in the places he photographed. His challenge was to find a way to take this highly descriptive medium and to describe less, or leave more room for the viewer to do their own describing. As Wired magazine put it in an article about his work, how do you make some of the most photographed landscapes in the world look new again? For Adam, the answer to that question involved using night and darkness as a tool for bringing into his photographs the sense of wonder, fear, surprise, excitement, and discovery that he felt being in the landscape. Like his picture of Cathedral Rock in Yosemite, the massive towering rock formation looks alive at night, like you've caught it at the edge of movement. The ridges, cracks, and bulges give the appearance of a sensitive skin, The dark, shadowy trees at the base feel like they're straining to make out something higher up. And most striking to me, my eye is drawn to an area on the edge of the photo, behind the giant rock, where it feels like there's something I should see if I were brave enough to investigate in the darkness. In the river photographs, all seen from above, the water is utterly motionless and gray, but glowing, and the sloping riverbank seems submerged as if in mud, its details only partially visible. You have to strain to see the details that you know are there. There's a strange quality of stillness and movement at the same time, also a simultaneous feeling of being drawn in and pushed away. Looking at these photographs, I feel several things at once. The first thing I'm struck with is that my pulse has sped up and I feel a little scared. It's like there's a barely restrained power or even threat in these dim and shadowy landscapes. It feels like something could be waiting just outside the frame 
Or maybe there isn't. There's no way to know. And I also feel mystery and awe in a way that I'm not accustomed to feeling while I look at a photograph. There's a strange alchemy at work in these pictures of night landscapes. And it has to do with what you see and what you don't. Fortunately, Adam's early mishap trying to stuff the film back into the canister didn't dissuade him from pursuing his curiosity about photography. I went to undergraduate in photography at Massachusetts College of Art and Design. And in 2010, I I moved to California to go to graduate school at Stanford. I'd been to California before, but not living, certainly always lived in New England. The landscape of the West offered new challenges, particularly with regard to its expansiveness. I think the, the scale of oneself within the landscape is for me, what the West was about compared to the East. And part of that's just the, the fact that you can see so far without, you know, dense trees and forests, and, but just the size of the rocks. And, and I can remember my first time going to Yosemite, we, we left the Bay Area and drove and, and arrived at night. And it was a clear night and, and the, the stars were out. But I can remember pulling in, this was probably around one o'clock in the morning, and this was my first time there. This was like, oh my God, I'm, 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 in, I'm in this place. And I can remember seeing what I thought was potentially the, the, the valley wall and, and where the top of the valley wall met the sky. And my mind was inventing the whole scene, but I can remember feeling this sense of scale that I had never fully felt in my body and feeling that I was so insignificant in many ways and feeling very overwhelmed by it. I mean, almost horrified. I mean, there was something scary about it. It was something scary about seeing a cliff face that close to where you're sleeping. But not seeing the cliff face, knowing that this thing is there, but I have no idea what's above it. I love that sort of, I like a little fear in experiencing a place. I think that's partially what appeals to me so much about night. That feeling of being in a place that you think you know what it is. You, you think you know it, you, you have this idea in your head, but you realize that that is a fabrication. Arriving at Yosemite at night in the dark. Adam was awed by a landscape that he could only partially see. When he awoke in the daylight, the scenery was still impressive, but it felt different. Adam's mind had created aspects of his visual experience based on memory and emotion. In the morning, when the sun rose and then I could see it, certainly a little bit of that mystery was gone. And, and I did realize that my, my mind had invented quite a bit of what I quote unquote saw, that scale, that feeling like I was just a little pinprick within this landscape. The experience that Adam had in Yosemite planted a seed about how he could transform landscape photographs by showing less. You know, I think I made competent enough pictures. I lugging around a big 8x10 camera and going to a lot of the vistas and the scenery that, you know, a lot of my heroes of early f photographic uh, methods were. But a lot of pieces came together that led me to realizing that I needed to find a new way and, and that that way was, was working at night and, and using darkness to convey what I felt was missing from the pictures I was making of the landscape. 
So the transition, I would say, of making pictures about night, about darkness, about the not knowing what was in front of you. I was using night to communicate what I was actually feeling being in those places. Adam found himself using night and darkness to convey those feelings, and he did that by altering what was familiar. He was using the viewer's internal image of the places, while simultaneously removing familiar details. For instance, let's take Yosemite. That's an easy one to, you know, everyone knows Yosemite. And um, I felt through the pictures of Moybridge and Watkins and Ansel Adams and, you know, everyone else, that this was a place that having even never visited it, I, I was familiar with it. And the thought that you know a place through a picture, at least for me, has been proven wrong quite a few times. And Yosemite was certainly that. So I knew when it started that it seemed to me to be important to be able to almost replicate that experience that I had in Yosemite. Adam extrapolated a key feature of the night in order to imbue his photographs with a sense of the unknown. He incorporated what you can't see. I think the night leaves room for us to to fill. I think our vision ends up being so limited that our other senses start taking over. Our, our hearing becomes elevated, our sense of smell. And I think our minds start becoming more active when, when our eyes stop working, essentially. And this sense of vision, of knowing you know, where we are in the world, when that's stripped away, there's a void. And what appealed to me about night in general, was that our vision is minimalist. We, we are not seeing everything. We have to strain, we have to work for it. Our eyes are not capable of recording all of the details. And so our minds fill in a lot of the blanks and it provides its own content, if you will. And that to me is very revealing. I, I think that's a wonderful way of bringing oneself into work is like seeing like when you're when there's not much there what are we providing and i think when there's a void of knowledge of vision we invent we invent stories we invent sounds i mean i think that's what makes you know the night so scary for some people is that we start inventing. And, and whether there's something lurking in the darkness or not, I, I find it to be a real opportunity. I mean, when there's that void, that void of information, what I recognized is that was an opportunity to use the night as a springboard to allow people to bring a lot to the pictures, you know, to bring a lot of themselves to the pictures. And, and maybe that's fear, you know, maybe that maybe it's fear, maybe it's joy, maybe it's a calming feeling. We can learn a lot about ourselves, about our own perception, our own fears, our own joys, our own ideas of the world. And, and sometimes it just takes removing things. And then also... What is neglected for me in photography and what was the biggest challenge of this work was getting the picture 
to look like the way the night feels to us. And that was the challenge. The goal was not to photograph night. I wanted to make pictures about the feeling of night, the feeling of the mystery that comes with night, the feeling of standing out in this grand western landscape in the pitch black and having an overall a body experience. We're so often amazed by the way a camera can record something and the spectacle of it at times. And I, I had to dumb down that spectacle, the, the camera-specific way of recording with the aim of putting the way we perceive first and foremost. My pictures aren't about rivers per se, or Yosemite per se, or or gosh, even the night necessarily. It's about that experience, that mystery, that feeling of not knowing and finding ways of making that happen in a photograph. Sitting with true feelings of mystery and of not knowing is perhaps not Western culture's strong suit. You know what You know what I think is neglected in our society and in the Western world at this time is time of spending time with something and allowing, you know, especially with technology today, we're so quick to fill in every void with, you know, puttering on our phones or, or you know, searching for something. And I think that allows very little room for us to just be still and to experience what's around us. And I suppose I think that's what night forces in many ways uh, is that it just takes time for, I mean, it, it physically takes time for your eyes to adjust and for your pupils to fully dilate and I've, from my research has indicated it's around a half hour for your eyes to fully dilate being out in very low light. It's about a half hour till they have fully opened. And that's something that I think we give less and less attention to is patience and having an experience that is not constrained with busyness. How many people have sat in darkness you know, natural darkness, and just allowed themselves to be there for 30 minutes and to not look at a screen, to not have a headlamp, to not have a flashlight of it. I mean, it's actually quite hard to do, but by the end of that 30 minutes, no matter how, you know, it could be a moonless night and just stars, but you can see. I mean, you can actually see quite well. We actually could see much better at night. It's, it's, it's not the limitations of our physical bodies as much as it is the lack of time spent in those places without a bright light source. I think it's about slowing down, and that is neglected, I would say, in our society. I think that's something on the decline, and I would say the night requires that for sure. Slowing down in this way that Adam describes when looking at a piece of art like a photograph allows time and space to more deeply participate and engage with what you're seeing. 
Adam also titled many of his night landscapes to accentuate this element of viewer engagement. You know, I never titled the rivers like the Columbia or the Snake River. There were always River 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. Um, Not to say that the locations were ever secret, but I wanted there to be the ability for the viewer to fill in that, that blank too. And so I think what I was searching for in, in the rivers and those forms, whether they were waterfalls, rivers, um, some craters, was the idea of a river. Not the river itself, but the memory of the river. Night and darkness allowed that to happen. I could take that same scene during the day, and it is... It's not just a river, it's the Columbia River from this point, looking down and seeing the trees and perhaps the roads and the paths and the trails and the rocks. And, you know, it it records the whole scene quite evenly. And the thing that photographing at night and having these slices of light, you know, cutting through it is that's the fragmented memory for me versus the whole picture, if you will. The mechanics of making these night landscapes required Adam to slow down in his own process, at least for a little while. He discovered that the best nighttime images could only be taken in the narrow window of time right before the sun rises or sets. He could only take a small number of pictures each day because there was so little time, and the film had to be exposed for anywhere from two minutes to half an hour. All of these landscapes, they were made with an an 8 by 10 inch camera, so it looks like an antique. It's 50 pounds of camera. Oftentimes, I I, I would not be able to carry the camera and all of the necessary camping gear. It would mean with, you know, six or so film holders, meaning I could take 12 pictures. So that was always that restriction, which I, I actually find to be a wonderful part of the process of just not being able to shoot, 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 and, and, and keep making exposures, but needing to be somewhat meditative and practical and focused when making the pictures because I I don't have a mule team <laughs> or you know or or a team of Sherpas helping me to uh, to lug this stuff. Sometimes getting the perfect picture involved Adam hiking out to a location in the dark and taking photographs right before sunrise. Many times it meant hiking out and getting to the position because I really would need to be there before there was any light on the horizon or any light that our eyes, our vision could perceive. So that that meant for some hikes in darkness. You know, focusing on a ground glass and trying to see what the picture's gonna be in almost pitch black is is not, not an easy task. So it's like I hurried to the place to be there before sunrise and then I'm waiting, waiting, waiting. And and that that's the time that, you know, if I've been diligent about getting to that location well before sunrise, then that's the time where there's, I can't do anything. I'm sitting in the darkness. There's no light to, to be working or scouting or anything like that. And, and then all I can do is sit and oftentimes in somewhat cold conditions. So I oftentimes will bring a thermos of uh, tea or coffee and just let the sun do its thing. But then, when the light's right, then I have to move very, very quickly. And then once the sun's up, then I'm like, oh, you know, it will be six o'clock in the morning, and I'll say, oh, job for the day is done. 
Other times, Adam would hike and scout locations during the day, utilizing the small window right before sunset. Finally, when I would hone in on on the place that I wanted to stand and wanted to be, then it was a it was a waiting game. And I found that to make pictures about the black night, if you will, or or real darkness, I couldn't photograph in real darkness. That's when the camera starts playing tricks and doing its own thing. I really had quite a small window of being able to make that picture. And oftentimes it was, you know, a half hour or so. So it was hurry up and wait. And then then it was like, that's where the rush ends up happening. And, and um, where I would say that the process of making the pictures is very different than I think the experience of viewing the final images on the wall. There's something very still about the pictures. There's something very meditative and almost, you know, forcing you to slow down and to look at that. And and on my end, I think that takes a lot of hustle and uh, working with light that is fleeting at every second and sort of counting the, the minutes of exposure that I'm gonna have to accumulate. You know, I had this like window of after all that patience, I know I've got one shot at it. In that night or that morning. Yeah, or it means coming back. There were a couple um, in Iceland, actually, that it took me about four days to make this picture. And I would wake up. These were long days. And so I'd, I'd wake up before sunrise. I'd hike out to the point and then realize, up oh, the fog's there, you know, when, when that sun finally does give just enough light that there was no picture there. And I couldn't see that. I couldn't see it at all, you know, in certainly when I was waking up and then getting to the location. And then I realized, no, pack it up. And yeah, then the rush is over because, well, I can't I can't rush this fog away and I get to just appreciate being out in this place. And then I'll come back later in the evening or the next morning and there's even been a couple times where I knew that that vantage point required a different time of year. All of this took a ton of trial and error on Adam's part. Often the picture that resulted from hours of scouting locations and studying the light just ended up looking like how a camera recorded the world at night, not how it looked and felt to him when he was there. And so that that was the challenge for me. And that was the that was the task of like figuring out how can I manipulate or harness this thing that has this potential to record, but but twist it into this way that is more about the way we feel or perceive? And that that took, you know, diving into the mechanics of it over time of, you know, the, the nitty gritty, like playing with exposure times and what that available light was and what those lighting conditions were, how the film was processed, then how it was scanned. And, you know, basically every step of the process, tailoring and tweaking. And it it took me the better part of a year or so before I started getting pictures that felt like what I had originally seen, you know, in my mind or, or what I had wanted. There's the slightest element of danger in Adam's process of taking nighttime pictures. He startled deer and other animals on his walks in the dark. He's had hawks almost collide into him while he takes pictures standing on the edge of cliffs. And even though Adam has maps and a compass, he doesn't carry a GPS device. 
he's found himself lost for up to half a day. I love getting lost. I, you know, I love the emotions of getting lost. And, you know, hopefully knowing that this isn't going to be lost for a long time. I think maybe that's the core of what I feel when I look at these night landscapes. And I'm simultaneously scared and excited, drawn in and repelled. It's a small moment of an experience that I rarely get to have. The thrill and promise of wandering off course, untethered by expectation. In many ways, maybe that's the experience that I'm after for viewers of like that not knowing, that mystery, that that sense of danger necessarily, but that not quite sure what the outcome of this is going to be. And I'm using photographs to do that. been listening to Nocturne. I'm Vanessa Lowe. Nocturne is produced by me and was created by myself and Kent Sparling, who also composed the theme music. Nocturne is distributed by KCRW and also receives support from KCRW's independent producer project, which is managed by Kristen Lepore. Thank you to Nick White. You can find a link to Adam Katzett's work on our website, nocturnepodcast.org, in the show notes for this episode. He also has a series of photographs entitled Whole Nights, where he captured entire evenings using super long exposures. On a personal note, I want to say to each of you listening that in these very difficult times and often anxious nights, I so appreciate you listening to Nocturne, and I hope that it gives a much-needed respite from the troubles of the world. Till next time, be well, and thanks for listening.